The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Kyle Porter, the victor, the man who called his shot. I am merely Chip Patterson. And listen, from a, like, we're, we are going to have Sean Martin on later this week, and, and I'm sure that y'all are going to have pl- plenty of Patrick Cantlay takes. But you, Kyle, I know for sure you've been on Patrick Cantlay uh, on this podcast for a couple years. And you even said in your uh, predict the perfect finish, <laughs> you even said, I will be uh, running laps celebrating Patrick Cantlay's win. So you, you, you called your shot. How did it, do you feel vindicated watching Patrick Cantlay just march down Martin Keimer, Adam Scott, and the rest of the top of the leaderboard on Sunday at Memorial? Well, Chip, you know, I'm, I'm, I sort of take it one pick at a time and, you know, I I try not to get ahead of myself. And, uh, you know, I think this is like the second pick that I've gotten right in the last seven years. So it feels good. It's like, it's like winning on the PGA tour. It's really hard. I thought, Uh, I thought you were going to give me like a Tiger Woods. I played really good today. I played so good today. I picked really good this week. I remember my, uh, so like when I first started doing this, I, I had no clue what I was doing, to be honest. And I, we did like, we did picks for tournament of champions. It was like the first tournament that I did, this was like beginning of 13 and I picked DJ cause I'm like, I don't, I don't know, uh, whatever. And DJ wins. And my dad was like, wow, this, you seem good at this. This seems easy for you. And then I didn't get one right for like three more years. It's so hard. I mean, it's just, it's difficult. It, it, there's a lot of value in golf because you, there's so many different things at play. There's so many variables. I think that creates value, but when you just have to pick one person every week, it's, it's really difficult. Um, but what did, well, let's, let's start right there at Cantlay because here's what I, what, what I've seen from Patrick Cantlay is a lot of play, that has shown basically in the last, what, year and a half? Like, would we say most of the 2018 season, maybe even late 2017, he starts to get things moving really in the right direction? And it's it's at major championships. It's at the WGCs. It's at the big tournaments against the best players. He is putting himself in contention. I How much value do you put in him have, turning what has been regular contention into a victory here and like right back to a conversation from last week, you know, does, does this change much for Patrick Cantlay? No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe 
I think I mean winning is certainly a, a big deal, and and I think it's a it's obviously a big deal to win Memorial. It's a it's a big time. It's one of the biggest non majors of the year. But for me, it, it's just like it was always going to happen. Like it it's just like this is the tournament that got in the way of Patrick Cantlay. You know. Oh, hey, I was um, going to say because I, I didn't want to give my answer before asking the questions, but this doesn't change much for me. For Patrick yeah. Cantlay. And that's, you know, not to diminish what he was able to do here, but he's sick. Like, he can run off five birdies and seven holes. He's just got that kind of game right now. And when you've got such a long-range view of what a young player can be, I just don't find, like, the fact that he was able to, you know, hit 19 in a tournament where, you know, you had a bunch of other really good players, but, I mean, it it wasn't like he just was in the final pairing with DJ and beat him, right? Like it, it would take a different kind of win against different competition at the top for me to have some great landscape adjustment on where I see Patrick Cantlay. Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? There was only, there was only eight guys that were 10 strokes gain or better at Memorial. So eight guys that were in double digits and strokes gain. And Cantley almost hit 20. He was 19.2 strokes game. And you're like, man, I mean, if you're Adam Scott, you're, you're looking around, you're like, what? And, and he did this. There was a great moment. I think it was on 15 where Adam Scott, he makes his second birdie in a row. He looks at the leaderboard and he's just like, like in his head, you can, you can tell he's saying like, what the hell? Like, what, what, what do I have to do here to, to beat this guy? So the 64 was obviously impressive, but you know, look like Cantley's ranked eighth in the world now. So he, he came into, he finished 2018. He was 18th in the world and now he's ranked eighth. And I think that his talent is somewhere between those two numbers. Like, I, I don't, I don't know that he's a number one guy in the world. Maybe, I, I don't know if he, it, he's the kind of guy where like, if he is, I don't think he would be there that long. Kind of like a Keimer where you're like, Oh, he won, you know, three big events in two years and he ended up number two or one or whatever in the world. But I think he's between like the eighth and 18th best player on the planet. And he's still not a name. I mean, he might be the least famous of the top, you know, whatever, 15 players in the world. So, all right. Is he a a star or a superstar? (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Cause he's got, he's got two wins, but in my head, he's got like seven. Mm, yeah, I'm I'm going firmly star just because he's been crushing it at Shriners. I throw that out. <laughs> when you've got when you've got the whenever anyone any golfer has single event dominance, I judge them so unfairly and disregard that from the data set. Well, yeah, I think I think this is hard. You, can I go stat of the day on you? Yeah, absolutely. Because I got this at the end of the show, but. I, I kind of want to bring it up now. So I'm going to go stat of the day on you. So okay. Patrick Cantlay, he's only had 77 starts as a pro. So mm. he set out, he set out most of 14, all of 15 and all of 16 and just sort of re-entered in 17 when he won. So he, he set out basically 14, 15, 16 with a back injury his caddy died yeah. like while he while he was with him. I mean, just just some really bad stuff. And in his first seventy seven starts on the PJ Tour, he's got ten top fives and two wins. Now, the, I tried to find a comp for that. Like, who who like? Okay, what? Give me some context here. 
Well, if you look at Ricky Fowler's career, first 77 starts on the PGA Tour, uh, I think he had 11 top fives and one win. So he's basically having Fowler's sort of early career. He's having it at an older age because he had to sit out for so long. So right. maybe maybe you discount it a little because he's a little bit more mature as a person. But for me, I, I go star just because I don't think he has – I mean, it's the same question for me as Xander a star or superstar. Like superstar to me means you're winning multiple majors. And not only that, but you have sort of the – character not even personality but just like you're the sort of character that's a superstar like dj doesn't have a great personality right but he plays the character and so because of that and because of his talent he's a superstar kepka is obviously a superstar rory spieth i think fowler's an interesting one is he a star or superstar he gets uh attention like he's a superstar but i think he's actually just a star and i think can't sort of in that category uh, I decided after la- one of last week's shows, I, don't, I think I didn't want to dwell on it because we we were probably had a lot to get to on the dock, but you used a phrase last week, character development, and I think it might be the theme of the summer. Mm. The, char- yeah, and the I d- great, I don't mean great like, character development this week. Yeah. Yeah. I don't mean like, does he do the good or do the bad? I mean like the, char- like almost like the caricature development yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of these different personalities. Right. It's, I mean, it's the story arcs. It's, it's us yeah. trying to figure out how all the different pieces, uh, interact with each other. And, and so to your point, I agree. Star Xander star Fowler superstar. Yeah. It's weird. Like, and and again, like your talent, I don't think your talent or your performance has to match up with what your character development is. So, uh, so I draw the line for both those in that I, I you stack them up against superstars because you you can be like, all right, DJ, Rory, Spieth, uh, I think JT superstar. Yeah, for sure. Who who like. Out of those three, who's better at golf between Xander, Patrick Cantlay, and Ricky Fowler? Who who, who would you say this is? It, let's go play ten thousand holes. Who's going to win? Ricky Fowler. Mm, I think I might go Cantlay. <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah, sure, recency bias, whatever. I just, I think that the injury really affected everything. His pedigree is sick i mean his pedigree is matthew wolf like i mean it is it, it would be like if if wolf played for a year and then went away because he got injured and then three years later we're like oh yeah matthew wolf was unbelievable but was was wolf a later on the amateur circuit player because i always thought the book on cantley was that you know even prior to like in his college career he won everything you could win as a elite college golfer but didn't he even hold one of those like Guys have had their eyes on Patrick Cantlay since you know he was young, like teenager type stuff. Uh, I th- I think so. That, that's going to be a Sean Martin question. I I don't go deeper than like the college days. Uh, no, no, no. Like I I want to say that I've heard that he was the number one. Uh, like he he was one of the top amateurs even at like the you know U eight U fifteen U sixteen circuits. Yeah, I mean that sounds like that sounds right, but I, I just I I don't know, uh, I I I don't know that that does sound right though. Mm. Um, so what? All right, any, anything else from uh, from the memorial? Well, uh, so one more thing I can't lay the way that he 
I, I thought the way he played the par fives on the back was unbelievable. I mean, he hit two shots that almost hit the flag on both of those par fives. I guess one of them did. The other, the other didn't. But he, so he made two birdies on the par fives on the back. The total length of those putts was 13 inches. Two, two birdies on the par five. So he almost eagled both of them. And then the, the pitch out on 18, out of the sand. He throws it up uh, to the back of the green. You have to trust so many different things on that shot, feeds it back down, makes an eight-footer. And it was just like, I mean, it was a, it was a clinic. It was sick. I mean, it was really impressive. And, you know, the way that, that, uh, that Keimer and – I mean, Keimer and Scott had really, really good tournaments, and Cantlay just dusted them. I mean, it was – it was all can't lay on the back. So I, I thought that was pretty impressive. I mean, with, with, um, so Adam Scott led the field in strokes gained T to green. Hideki Matsuyama was fourth and Scott beat him by six strokes T to green. Hideki's fourth in the field and Scott clipped him by six. He shot a 68 in the final pairing on Sunday and got beat by two. How does that happen? Well, I mean, cause, cause Patrick can't lay shoots a 64. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. I think I think Scott's got to be looking around, saying like, "What do I have to do to win a golf tournament?" Yeah, I don't know. I I'm not uh, I'm not wavering on Adam Scott. I thought this was a a terrific extra piece of the puzzle of what we've seen to be uh, a real boost of confidence here in the last. Like Adam Scott and Martin Keimer are playing together. You walk away from Martin Keimer being like, "Well." That was fun. See you in two and a half years. And you walk away from Adam Scott being like, all right, I I would think that Adam Scott has a chance to finish in the top 10 at Pebble. See you in two and a half years. Uh, Adam Scott at the last three U.S. Opens, cut, cut, and T18. <laughs> well, hold on. I said last year or so, right? Was T18 last year? T18 was 2016. Oh, damn. <laughs> Uh, okay. What else? Uh, Spieth. I, can I still be out? Yeah. I, I was, I was in on Friday and I'm out again. I just, well, first of all, for, okay, here's the first thing. Don't get me wrong. Like I love watching it. It is, it's the best. He looks like he is playing. He looks like he's playing the wrong golf course and he shoots a 69. Like I, some of the, some of the shots he hits, you're like, "Are you okay, bro? Like, are we good?" And he shoots 69, 70, you know, sixty eight, whatever. But then that seventy three, that that Sunday scoring average came back to bite him in the ass. Well, and he, yeah, it did. And here's the thing: this is why. And Sunday was kind of key for me in terms of Pebble. He, he he said afterwards that he's like on the you know feels good to be on the rise or whatever. He finished like sixty second on approach shots. He is not locked in with the irons. I mean, it, we can talk about, you know, how he was 10th and tee to green or whatever. You know why that was? Because he chipped in like four times. <laughs> and maybe, I mean, that, that is part of the deal with him. But again, I just go back to 2017, number one in the world in strokes gained on approach shots. He is the best iron player on the planet. And he finished 62nd in the field at Memorial. Now, part of that was Ryan Labner pointing this out. He had a bad Sunday. I mean, obviously, but he had a bad Sunday with his irons, and so he he didn't hit many greens, and so you're losing a lot there. I just i I want to see more out of the iron play before I pick you up at Pebble at a U.S. Open. I mean, if you're if you're missing greens at a U.S. Open, you're going to make doubles and triples. 
didn't I mean on Friday after the round, weren't you talking about the Spieth good, Spieth doing the good, and what it might mean yeah. for Pebble? I know. I'm, I'm. I'm. You're a mess. I am. I'm more <laughs> of a mess than he is. I think. <laughs> Kyle Porter and his analysis of Jordan Spieth is as volatile as Jordan Spieth in his actual game. Well, he. Yeah. I know. I. He. I, uh, because the truth, I mean, the truth is probably somewhere between these extremes, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's not as bad as it seems in terms of uh, the smoke and mirrors, but it's also not so good that we've got to expect he's going to be able to uh, string together, a, you know, 60, 66, 69, 71, 68, and win. I don't like I don't I don't see those those four rounds in in full consistency like that kind of lineup uh, and I know we're going to be doing the 2010 Pebble look back later on in the show but like when you just look at the numbers lined up I just don't see Jordan Spieth with that kind of a run uh, at Pebble this year. Yeah. No. I, yeah. I I agree. Uh, yeah. I re- I regret a lot of things from Friday. <laughs> what we saw from Tiger Woods plus that pebble board, pebble leaderboard look back right after this. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking a a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there, and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order, plus free shipping. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, so uh, we made... Uh, <laughs> we made. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so Spieth, uh, round one... He he didn't fit. So every round he didn't finish, and I just ignored this on Friday. He didn't finish better than thirtieth in the field on approach shots. He's not he's not striking the ball that well. He drove it better, right? Chipped it great. I mean, around the greens he was unbelievable. But the approach shots are just anyway. We don't we don't need to keep going. Let's let's go, Tiger. (laughs) Tiger, as we mentioned, pretty epic post round on CBS talking to Amanda Balionis about what was just a, a super fun ride of a Sunday around Muirfield Village. I hit it really well. 
I hit it really well. I played really well. I, did you see? Did you see it? Did yeah, you see the, I was watching live. Did you see his his smirk when he realized what he was about to say? Yes. <laughs> it was so good. It was the most like self aware, I guess is the right terminology that I've seen him. Where in his head he's like, well, I know how this is going to come across. And yet he said it anyway. Like he was sort of in on the joke. It was it was great. I loved it. It was so funny. And uh, man, I, I could not like that's what I needed to see from Tiger. He finished his 11th uh, from tee to green, ninth in approach shots. And uh, he just played and he played so he played he hit the ball really well all week and more than that, like his swing just looked good. It looked easy. It looked smooth. It didn't. I mean, and this is a deal for me. Like I, I looked at this thing after P, after the PGA, and you're like, okay. I mean, I kind of joked about this on Twitter, but you're looking at it and and you're going, is he just gonna? I mean, was the Masters just the the thing, and then he's just gonna just kind of coast into the sunset? And I know that like that sounds ridiculous to say out loud, but the amount of effort and work he has to put into all of this, it's so hard. I mean, it's just so much. And after PGA, you're like, I mean, is it, what, what's this going to be over the next couple of years? And so to for him to come down from that PGA or come down from the master's high and, you know, bounce back after the PGA, like I, I said this on Friday, like I think this tournament is sort of, it's who it's what he is statistically. Tiger was yeah pretty good. Yeah, he was great. I mean, couldn't and, and and here's the thing: he improved every day. Going back to, I think I think it was uh, Labner had this tweet just about his approach shots. Like he got better and better every day. He got more and more comfortable every day. And and so this is sort of grading against the take that you and I had around the PGA of like, oh, he doesn't need to play. And, and I like I don't I don't want to walk that back too much because I don't think he needs to play very much but i do think he like the competitive rounds every once in a while are are beneficial to just just keeping his game at at the you know at the, at major championship level um Bryson DeChambeau Tiger's buddy and playing partner for the first two days this was not a great round for him and a continuation of you know is Bryson is B A D B D C lay artiste? Is he lost? You know, is, is he lost in his own head? Is he lost in his own calculations? He uh, gets put on the clock. What'd you make about his complaints? I mean, he, the the problem with his complaints is that he the way that he addresses them is by acting like he's smarter than everybody else, right? Which is not a good position to take, right? Like, so, so here's what he said. He goes, um, people call me slow. I call myself quick with the stuff I do. Okay. A lot of guys out here, they just see it and they hit it. And for me, I don't want to do that because I feel like there's other variables that I get hurt on. Well, guess what? Maybe you should try doing that because you don't have a top 10 in a major yet. And there's, you know, a couple of guys that do that and they've won a bunch of majors. Right. Well, I, I mean, so there's, I just, you're never going to win an argument making the other person feel dumb. I feel like that's like almost a, you know, if you just try and say, I'm right because I'm smarter, so there. That's like a very, very quick way 
uh, to lose any chance of reaching common ground with the person you are trying to convince. The, Tiger had a great quote. This is from Golf Channel. Uh, Will Gray wrote this. Tiger said, so Tiger and Bryson were playing together. He said, it's one of those things where it's a group effort to try to get back in position, which is basically like, I, I feel like his way of throwing Bryson under the bus. The group ahead of us, JT doesn't take a lot of time. Rory plays quick and Jordan, and he goes, was seven under through 13 holes. <laughs> so they're obviously playing fast. I, I mean, I don't know. Bryson keeps making this argument. And he made it later on in this article. He said the time to hurry is between shots. It's not over the shot. I, I do think there's a little something to that. Like, but you can't, I mean, you can only make up so much ground literally when you're walking after you take a minute and a half to hit a shot. Are you going to run to the green? Like, I, I, it's just, I don't know. Like, if you're, if you're that smart, then do the calculations on your way there, bro. You know? Are like you I, are I you out on Bryson right now, just for a while? Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, no, I'm not. I mean, I'm not out. Like in terms of going back to the like character thing, just a phenomenal character. Just the just so much content. I love it. But like, I don't know. Um, all right, and now it's time for our leaderboard look back of the week. As I mentioned, we're going to be looking back at the 2010 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach. Um, notable for Dustin Johnson and his 82. Dustin Johnson had himself in position. Dustin Johnson could have made a playoff if he had shot a 77 on the final round. He mm. shot a 66 on Saturday, but he shot an 80. Two at Pebble Beach. This is an incredible leaderboard to look back on right now. This is again. This is one of my favorite things to do to look back on these boards. Did you? Um, should this deter me from picking DJ uh, at at Pebble? No. I'm scared. I'm 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 concerned. I have no I no have joke. No joke. No. Listen, concerns. I got you. This is this is so many software updates and hard drive reboots ago for Dustin Johnson. Like the, the DJ operating system has been reworked, rewired and rebooted three times. Seriously, like, like major life sort of altering stuff and career altering stuff. So much has happened in the last nine years. Like, would you, would you be a little bit nervous if, you're picking DJ and DJ goes low on Saturday. Then on Sunday, things start to get a little <laughs> rocky. Yes. Like there might be some ghosts out there, but I don't think that that's enough for you to just like totally bail on, on him as being someone who is very, very well suited to win this championship. You're going to, if, if that's the case, he's in the final pairing on Sunday. You're going to see me, you're going to see me on national television on Fox just hollering in the background, cover up his score. Don't tell him what his score is. <laughs> that's gonna, that's gonna that's gonna be on on T. That's gonna be on Fox. Well, all right. So Shane, Shane Bacon's gonna have to get a break. He, all right. So in this uh, on this leaderboard, Graham McDowell was the winner. Uh, for those who might not yep. remember, he won at even par seventy four. Uh, Gregory Havre. Havre, yeah. Uh, the pride of France. But then we've got, you know, some faces that are going to be very much in the conversation uh, 
Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods both finished T4. Matt Kuchar finished T6. You mentioned Dustin Johnson lands at T8. Our friend Martin Keimer from this past weekend also uh, up in the mix. What were some of the... Like, I don't specifically remember where Tiger... Like, Tiger and DJ both went low on Saturday, but I don't remember where, like, Tiger and Phil and Ernie Els were all sitting dur- as things were concluding on Sunday. Well... So here, so two things, the two things that stick out to me is, uh, DJ goes out up three on McDowell to start the day. And I think he was up five on his next closest, the next closest guy. Hold on. Let me pull it up. Um, I probably should have this pulled up since we're talking about it. Uh, so he was up three on McDowell and he's up six on no, he's up five on Tiger going into Sunday. So Tiger is in the second-to-last group, or second-to-last pairing. And Tiger bogeys the first um, and then plays the rest of the, the his round in three over. He shot a – what did he shoot? He shot a 75 in, in the final round. Not good. Tiger, If Tiger shoots 72 on Sunday, he's in a playoff. How about that? Mm-hmm. That's what I was – But I was, DJ get. DJ goes triple. Wait, did he triple the first? He goes, no, he goes par, starts with a par, and then he goes triple, double, bogey. So he goes from three up to three down in four holes. I mean, how how fast is your head spinning? Like, where are you at in just mentally right there? Gone. Standing on the... Standing on the fifth tee. Yeah, gone. Do, do you remember that too? It was like the image that I have in my head is if it, I can't remember what hole it was. It, it, I assume it was the one he tripled of him st- like standing up like on top of this like just long brush like trying to hack out like over the Pacific Ocean and you're like, well, this isn't going well. Do you remember that? Man. There's a, there's a great shot of him. I, I'll have to go find it. But yeah, I mean – the thing that really struck me, I was looking back at some of the scores. There were seven 68s in the tournament. There were no 67s. And then Tiger and DJ shot 66 in the third round, both of them. And then Phil also shot 66. He did it in the second round. So there were some just fireworks from those three uh, early on in, in the event. Um, Ty Tryon was in this tournament. How about that? Who is that? Ty Tryon was like a, um, he was like a, he, he was sort of this, this kid like out of Florida that I think he was out of Florida who was going to like take on Tiger. Like he, he was like in that wave of, of guys that you're like, Oh, this guy can, you know, next Tiger. And, and, and we do the thing where it's like, right. Like we did it with speed. Who's okay. Who's the next speed? You're like speed's 25. What are we talking about? And he was just a, just a superstar. Uh, as an amateur, as a teenager. Uh, so he played in this event. Pablo Martin, Oklahoma State. Uh, he was in this event. He finished last. He shot 27 over to finish uh, like 70th, 73rd or something like that. Good for him. Hanging in there. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it, that was a unique year for Dustin Johnson, but also because the conditions were so tough. Like, it, the 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 twenty seven over par doesn't even like stun you when you see it, right? No, no, not at all. Not at not at a U.S. Open. Okay, so 
Tryon, I couldn't remember the age. He turned pro at the age of 16. Uh, as an amateur in 2001, he made the he made it into the Honda Classic. Third youngest player to ever make the cut at a PGA Tour event. He was 16. Uh, at age 17, he made it. Um, he got his card. He made it through. He made his way through three levels of elimination events to become the youngest player to earn exempt status at Q School. Uh, but he did not hold on to PJ Tour status. Anyway, he was a just a phenom as a as a teenager. I'd forgotten about the lost ball for DJ. What hole was that on? I think it was the third. Hmm. Uh, in another speedy pass, the ball resulted in a wild, unrestrained hook that's from the New York Times at the time that flew left and then more left until it disappeared in the direction of the 16th green. No one, apparently including hundreds of spectators at the hole, saw where Johnson's drive came down. Even a general approximation of its final location seemed difficult, and Johnson and his caddy looked in several spots. The rules permitted golf look for five minutes. That went quickly. Forced to declare it lost, Johnson began to walk back to the tee to hit again, but about 20 steps and not more than 20 seconds after declaring it lost, a fan found the ball, but the rule was that it was too late. Mm, that's tough. You know, who his, you know who I think his caddy was at the time? Uh, Tim Mickelson. I think he was Joe Acaba. Oh, wow. Mm, Tiger's caddy. Pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah. I think that's right. Goodness. Man, I, yeah. I, yeah, do not let that, do not let the haunting memories of that dissuade you because again, Dustin Johnson, it's, it's not just that he was baby faced with long sideburns and now has a beard. He's, he's grown a lot in the, in that time. Uh, yeah, no, he has not. Sorry. I'm looking up this Joe LaCava thing. So LaCava left DJ in 2011 so yeah i think he would have been with him at that time before right before austin got his protractor out and started doing the doing the work on the bag hey we love austin (laughs) uh what else we got what else we need to talk about um let me see qualifying oh the names oh on the uh the qualifying's going on right now right yeah, qualifying's on Monday. Uh, I, I just wrote down names that intrigue me. Max Homa is trying to qualify. Uh, you got Stuart Hagestad, who is the, the guy that finished low am at the Masters a couple years ago. Um, Bobby Clampett. Bobby, 59-year-old Bobby Clampett and 18-year-old Cole Hammer are in the same qualifier. Golf's the best. Uh, Zach Blair, Matt Parziali, who's the, the the firefighter out of Massachusetts that qualified for the Masters a couple years ago. There's a bunch of 17-year-olds. Ash, uh, I can't ever say his name. Ashkab, do you remember the the guy that played in the um, the Valspar? No. You said his name, so I didn't have to. Did I did I say it correctly? Ak- yeah, the left-hander, Aksh- Akshay Batia. He's, he's 17 years old. He's out of... Uh, yeah. I think he's out of North Carolina. Akshay Batia. Akshay Batia. No, he's out, of, he's out of California. I'm all over the place. Sean, I'm going to get a lot of texts from Sean Martin about this. 100%. Well, I mean, you're, the power went out 
in the content shed in the middle of this flustered yeah this i'm like actually, i'm like sweating and reeling it's not good like dustin johnson on sunday what does it feel like it feels like kyle in the content shed after the power goes out mid podcast <laughs> and he's tethered to his phone trying to get it in you're just trying to get it in at 77 to make a playoff the yeah the, the well, announcers I'm, I'm are wondering if you'll hit 80 i'm trying to get it in in like 89 degrees in the shed right now it's not good how's how's everyone inside the house I don't know. They might have left. <laughs> I'm not, I can't see in there right now. <laughs> uh, U.S. Women's Open. You want to end on that? Um, like from Jong On Lee Six in terms of the you nailed it. That was better than my Akshay Batia. Jong On Lee Six. The the Lee Six is a it, it'll catch it'll catch your eye for sure when you find out yeah. um, the the winner the, that is the winner of the u.s women's open i was uh i was nonplussed by the fact that one of the biggest stories to come out of the u.s open women's open was hank haney uh just 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 deciding that this is this is my time to really speak my mind yeah i mean obviously it's it's not great uh i got a text from somebody that said Something like, is it, so Haney doubles down and triples down later, just just firing off tweets. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know if this is the best route to take, but I got a text from somebody that said, did you see the person who asked him, uh, <laughs> did you really think people uh, were worried about like the prediction part of this. Like he, it's almost like he was, he was like justifying everything by saying he was right about what, ha- like how it played out. And you're like, yeah, that's not the part that anybody cared about was your prediction of who wins, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's just, it didn't, it didn't come off very well. It was, it was not a, I mean, first of all, like, well, do you have a sense You're of sure. like what the dynamics are that we're playing with? Like, is he old man shouting at clouds or is this like, is there any bit of grounded for real um, analysis or undercurrent here that is, is, is pushing him way off the edge? No, here's what I think is sort of at play is like when you don't, and I've experienced this, I, well, I shouldn't talk because I just couldn't pronounce the names of the people that I'm trying to talk about on this podcast. But when you're not prepared, like when you don't prepare very well and you get asked about something that you don't know anything about, like what's your, what's your first feeling on that? Like you feel embarrassed or you feel, uh, you know, frustrated, whatever. This is like a deep dive into like psychoanalyzing somebody I don't know. But I think a lot of times, like when that happens, you run to like humor, right. To like deflect. And it's almost like he just like ran to like this, this, you know, the first joke that he could think of. And the, the reality, like just the reality is that like, he just didn't know anything about the U S women's open. Right. Right. And so, okay, that's fine, but don't like, don't like have a better preparation that either you're going to talk about it or you're not going to talk about it. And it, it just seemed like they went to it and that was his first reaction is just to make a joke about it. And then, like you mentioned, to double down and to say I'm right, so like tries to give some legitimacy yeah. to what was probably initially um, like a a twenty five percent effort. Yeah, that's not the play, right? <laughs> like the play is not to say, see, 
See, I nailed it. Mm. I mean, I just did that with Patrick Cantlay, but that's a little different. Yeah, no, nah, but you have put in the time on Patrick Cantlay. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the big but difference. No, I, you know, speaking of the U.S. Women's Open, I, to be honest, I didn't watch a ton of it. I saw a little bit. The course looked amazing. I did a, I did a little bit of research before it started. No Lane Up went there, and they they got some great footage of it. Uh, it's a it's a Seth Rayner course. Uh, a little bit outside of my world in terms of like golf architecture, but it looked, you know, Andy Johnson's whole thing, Friday, Andy Johnson, his whole thing with courses like this are you can dial it up and get it going uh, like fast. And when it's, when it's fast and when it's playing firm, you don't have to have like the tricked up rough and, you know, all these different things that we see at some of these majors, specifically from the USGA, you can just have it playing really crisp and really difficult. And that's what we saw at Pinehurst, right? With the U S open there. Yeah. It was, was, I mean, it wasn't a great U S open because Keimer won by 50, but in terms of the way a golf course should play, that's it. And that's what you saw at, at, uh, at Charleston over the weekend. Uh, anything else? We'll be back tomorrow and then sean martin again coming in on wednesday how many belt loops do you think tiger has on his pants this is something that i was i mean when you look i got called out for this like bro fixate on something else look i'm watching pga true live like nine hours a day i don't have anything else to fixate on this is this is what i'm dialed into and i started thinking i wonder if tiger has as many belt like a belt loop for every major a lot of time with jonathan coachman on the PGA Tour live call. Uh, I think Tiger Woods had... I, I think that he has nine aside. I think he has 18 belt loops. <laughs> <laughs> Two, three, uh, four. So no, nah, re- real talk. I would guess that the over... I would set the over-under of Tiger Woods belt loops on those pairs of pants that you shouted out on Twitter at 12 and a half. It's it's seriously it's it looks crazy. It looks like it looks insane. Like like how does that? I I don't know. It, it's it 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 made me laugh. Like I laughed many times when I saw it over the weekend. All right, let's release you from the content shed and back into air. Thank you. I think, I'm I'm about to pass out. Yeah, we're I'm, we're about to have protective services come and charge me <laughs> from keeping you in there. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>